How many of you would much rather be here than the hottest living room you know in San Jose? <laughs> Thank you for being here. This is the kind of church we have that we come to be comfortable in padded seats and then the air conditioner's on and look at all the technology and the lights. Well, I want to continue with my sermon, How to Have Victory. And I'm in the book of Galatians. And I got really excited about this sermon that I get to preach to you because it, it gets home where you live. It, it deals with who you are and what God expects from you. It's not what Pastor Mike wants, but what God expects from every single one of you. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, Paul the Apostle writes this. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, and I did not consult any man. When God, who set me apart from birth, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me. Why? So that I might preach him. I might preach him. And that verse right there actually applies to every single one of you, male and female. Turn to somebody and tell them it's talking about you again. And I have three questions I want to ask about that. When did God choose to reveal his son in you? That's one question that we have to answer. When did this actually happen? Because I believe it actually happened to you. God placed his son in you and God put him there to reveal him. Second question, why did God choose to reveal his son in you? Why? And third question, and I'll explain these tonight, can this revelation or this revealing of God's son in you ever be concealed? So when we look at when did God choose to reveal his son in you, the word reveal in the Greek is apokalupto. If you look at that there, that's how you pronounce that, apokalupto. Apo means away from, away from. Calupto means to cover. It signifies then to uncover, to unveil. So apocalupto means to remove the cover so that people can see. And this is what God has given to us, an opportunity so that when his son is revealed in you, wherever you go, that cover that concealed him before has been removed. And I'll give you another definition in a few minutes. So when you surrendered your life to God and accepted his son, Jesus Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior, this salvation process began. You were immediately delivered from the penalty of sin, and so you no longer had the fear of blowing it and losing your salvation and then winding up in eternal damnation. I've been teaching you this the past two weeks. I taught you that that is justification, just as if I'd never sinned. You were justified. So then God immediately began the process of sanctifying you and making you holy, and this is when he chose to reveal his son in you. God began the process to sanctify. The Greek word is hagios, and it means to make holy. So when God says that he calls you a saint, in God's eyes, we are actually saints. Look at somebody and say, you don't look like a saint. <laughs> Neither does your pastor. But I know my wife say, go on, tell them. <laughs> 
but God sees us as saints. That's what it means to sanctify. Because either something is set apart for holiness or it is set apart for profanity. Like the potter, it says, can make something that put in rich people's homes or it's used for the trash, but it's made out of the same clay. But you, God has begun the process of sanctifying you, setting you apart for his glory and his honor. So the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. Give God a hand of praise. And the benefit and blessing of, of that is this is why you're not going to lose your salvation. God is not going to put his Holy Spirit in you if we were going to fail, if we were just going to turn our back on God, if we were going to backslide. God put his Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can begin to become more like him. We said, Heavenly Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to give me, place your son in my heart. When you accepted him, you asked God to put Jesus into your heart. How many of you did that? You accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I'm kind of short, so this don't get it. How many of you ask God to put his son? Thank you, thank you. Because you're not ashamed of it. So who's really not ashamed of it? Let's do it one more time. Yeah, thank you. God put his son inside of you. Say this with me. God put his son inside of me. Now I'm pausing. And when a pastor does that, it's because he wants you to ponder, to muse, to reflect. Think about that. I had to think about, I had to meditate on that. The Son of God lives inside of me. God was pleased to put his Son in me so that I would reveal him to others. So the Holy Spirit of God inside of you makes Jesus real to you through his word. And he enables you to understand and to love God more and more. So someone said, the reason I don't come to God is because I will have to give up so much. And I say, you're correct, because I gave up bitterness, I gave up addictions, I gave up self-pity, and I gave up self-condemnation. Come on. So now I want to ask you this question. If that's what God did, why did God choose to reveal his son in you. Where were you when this happened? Mine, it happened on December 15th, 1973, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. That's when the Son of God came into my heart and became my Lord and Savior. I know exactly the day and the time that it happened. I know where I was at, and I know what I was doing. But now, we can walk out of here if I said, okay, good night, God bless you. Well, guess what? God lives inside of me. But now wait. Come back in here. Why? Why? Put your finger right here on your chest. Why would God put his son inside of you? Why? If you want to leave, try and get up. Because I'm going to pray that you trip when you get up to walk out. Because <laughs> I want you to hear this, okay? In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, here's the answer as to why God chose to reveal his son in you. 
He is patient with you. He is not wanting anyone to perish, anyone, but for everyone to come to repentance. Because, because you're going to, you know people that I don't know, or you know people that I'll never meet, and you have contact with hundreds of other people. And God wants them to get saved to you. So he puts his son inside of you and reveals his son. He's pleased to reveal, reveal, openly express, to manifest, to make it visible to others. He put his son in you so that others would come to him also and accept him as their Lord and Savior. Now watch where I take you tonight. Here's the questions. Are you becoming Christ-like or not? Some of us sometimes think, hey, I'm, I'm not bad. You know, I don't, I don't have to do anything. Oh, you don't? God's son, the son of God, the one who died on the cross, the one who walked on the water, the one who walked on this earth, the one who multiplied the loaves and fishes, the one who raised Lazarus from the dead, the creator of heaven and earth, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the rose of... Uh, the rose of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star. He's the one that is living inside of you right now. He's the one. So it's not like you got a pin from the president of the United States and you're proud to wear it on your lapel. God's son lives inside of you. But why? Why would he trust you with his son? So are you becoming Christ-like or not? Because if you're not, then you don't understand apocalypto. I'll explain where I'm going with that. You at first do not realize how many people you can influence to surrender their lives to Christ by the very way that you live. So often they tell us that we need to witness. You don't really need to say anything. You just have to let your light shine. And people will come up to you and say, can, can I talk to you? Especially people who are hurting, who are addicted to drugs, will come up to you and say, can I talk to you? Yeah, what's up? You're a Christian, aren't you? Will you pray for me? They see that Christ. They see that light, but they don't know him. But you do. And he lives inside of you already. Others realize immediately that you and them are not the same. In fact, they are impressed with the changes. However, they cannot really describe what has brought about the difference in your life. They really don't know what it is. They just know you're not like us and you're not like everyone else. Give God a hand of praise. And the reason they're attracted to the difference in you is because God has placed a God-shaped place in the heart of every person that only God can fill. And if you were like me, before I knew God, I was trying to fill that emptiness in me with drugs and everything else, and it never worked until I came to God and asked him to give me his son in my heart, and then that emptiness went away. I gave up that emptiness, and God was pleased to reveal his son in me. So people know they need Jesus. They just don't know how to receive him as their personal Lord and Savior. But you know, you're aware of how to tell people. You don't even have to ask, Father, please guide me today who I should witness to. They'll come up to you. That's the, the woman that's 
Her marriage failed, the woman at work whose marriage failed, the woman across the street whose husband left her, the guy who left his wife and now wants her back. You know them. You know Jesus. You may not have the answer to their marriage problems, but you know Jesus. How many know he's the answer to everything? And you know him. No, no, no. Bro, bro, here, call the church and ask for Pastor Mike. Everybody's got to talk to Pastor Mike. I am not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem people have. I'll say it again. They know they need Jesus. They just don't know how to receive him as their personal Lord and Savior. I didn't know how. You didn't know how. But look at you now in church. Look at you wanting to get baptized. Look at you standing up and praising God because he answered a prayer and healed your father's blindness. Look at you. Look at you tithing. What brought about these changes? So God is pleased and is willing to reveal his son in you, lady, you, mister, God. He's so busy with all these people all over the entire world wanting to show others who don't know him yet, you. That's why people don't always receive a miracle immediately because there's a miracle standing right beside him, you. You have the answer that they need and really all you have to say you don't have to say is, hey, I know what's wrong with your marriage. Hey, I know why you have financial problems. All you have to say, would you mind if I pray with you? And they go, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Right here in Walmart? Yeah, right here in the entrance to Walmart. <laughs> well, can't we at least go behind the shopping carts? No, right here in aisle five where all the pajamas are at. <laughs> Can I pray for you? There they're begging you to pray for him. They're, they want answers. They know he's real, but they don't know how to get to him. But you know, and, and God will tell you, and you were right there, right there next to him, and you kept your mouth shut. Why? Why? He revealed his son in you. You didn't have to do any voodoo or any magical things to say, look at this. God let the difference in you shine. They know what you were like. People have said, yeah. <laughs> I remember you. I remember you were the biggest drug dealer in San Jose, man. I, I remember you. Are you still doing that? No, I gave that up about 28, 32 years ago. How? You have an answer. Don't get into the discussion about drugs. The answer is Jesus. It's just Jesus. That's, and then what do they say? And look, don't bring up that Jesus stuff to me and you go, well, that's what it is. It's Jesus. He lives inside of me. Uh, bro, I, I didn't want to go in that religion stuff. It's not religion. And you just keep going back to it. It's Jesus. Uh, bro, you know, I, I'm not going to do it. No, it's Jesus. That's what everybody needs. That's, didn't you need that at one time? You needed Jesus. You needed. I remember those that witnessed to me. I remember they used to give me these little tracks. And I used to go home and I pulled a big old Catholic Bible out of the closet that my dad had. And it said Isaiah 53, 5, and I would turn that big old Bible like that. And I'd go, oh my God, that's what it says on this little piece of paper. How many of you remember tracts, Bible tracts? And I remember other people would look at me and say, I wasn't a pastor then, but hey, Mike, I'm praying for you, bro. I'm praying for you. And I, hey, thanks. I didn't know what that meant. I wish they could see me today. 
I wish they could see that their efforts are not in vain, that God is using me to preach the gospel to so many people week after week. I've been doing this for 45 years, church. 45. So to me, this is amazing. You cannot pretend that this has happened, but you certainly can allow it to be manifested in your life, your attitude, and your ways. What do I mean? Here's a third question before I answer that. Can this revealing of God's Son in you ever be concealed? So let's say it's happened to you, but no one can see it. How were you able to actually conceal God's Son? That no one knows he's inside of you. This is the one that I thought about the most. Look at the definition of this word. Sin calupto. Sun, it's actually sun calupto in the Greek. Sun means to hide. Calupto means to cover. So it means to cover up. To cover something up. What? enables you to cover up the revelation of God's Son in your life. Who would even dare to cover it up? Who would even be ashamed of it? Who would even, doesn't want anyone to know that, that God lives inside of me. I just want to be a, an undercover Christian. I don't want anyone to know. Hey, bro, you're a Christian? Uh, Holy Spirit, is this one of your children? <laughs> I, I just want to go through this earth, and I don't want anyone to know that I'm a Christian. Why would you, in your right mind, attempt to cover up a revelation of God himself in your life? Well, I said it'd have to be in your life or in your attitude or your ways. There are people you know that do not know about the love of God. How many know people like that? Okay, next question. How many know someone that God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking to you right now that you know you'd love to see them come to church and to Christ? Okay, hold that name. There are people you know who do not know about his resurrection from the dead, that they can be delivered from their addictions to drugs and alcohol that they can be delivered from their bitterness and their anger and their pain. They don't know this. They don't know that he rose from the dead. They don't know he defeated the devil. They're still afraid of the devil. They're still afraid of what the devil can do. They don't know about Jesus, and they don't know that he ascended into heaven. But you know, you know, say that with me, you know. You know. Say it again. Say it again. This lady went into a pet store, and she walked over to where the parrot was at. And she's just looking at the parrot inside its cage, and it was going like this on the perch. And it said to her, the parrot said, you have to be the most hideous, ugliest woman I have ever seen in my eternal life. And she was dismayed. She was in shock. Are you kidding me? And she went to the proprietor of the pet store, and he came with a rolled-up newspaper, and he beat that parrot. Quit talking to my customers like that. So she went away. 
A week later, she came back to the same pet store, and she wanted to see if the parrot learned his lesson. And she stood in front of him, this time with more makeup on, hair all fixed up. And the parrot went back and forth on his perch, and he said to her, you have to be the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. You are ugly. And she told the proprietor, he came with the newspaper, he beat that parrot. The third week, she came back, and she stood in front of that parrot, and she stared at him. You know what the parrot said to her? You know. You know. You see, I know that you know what I'm talking about tonight. I haven't been doing this all these years to not become aware of what's right and what's wrong, but I know you know. You're just comfortable being quiet about it. Some of us, we don't like a lot of attention. When you become a Christian, God does not change your personality. I still have my personality. God doesn't change that. He doesn't change you. When you get to heaven, you'll still have your personality. That's how we'll be recognized because we'll have brand new bodies. But we'll be the same with the same mannerisms and things that are good that people recognize us for. Our same smile. Our same ways. You know you can help people. You know that every seat in this sanctuary, bottom floor and the balcony, can be filled every Wednesday night. But you don't tell anyone. You don't speak to people. You, you, caluto, sin caluto, you cover this revelation of Jesus. God put his son in you. His son lives inside of you, and you're not letting that light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. If you walk around with this information, but do not reveal it to others by your life, you are concealing truth and hiding it from those that need it. If you don't reveal to others what God has given you, you're concealing it instead of revealing it. I tell you, you will answer to God for that. Imagine when you're there, someone in heaven, they're going to say, when Jesus tells them, depart, depart from me, I don't even know you. And they're going to, you knew? You knew the answer? Why didn't you ever tell me? Why didn't you share that with me? What was it? about you that you didn't want me to know the same Jesus. If you're a child of God but are living for the devil, you're not revealing, you're concealing this truth. If you're out partying, sexually immoral, and, and you still come to church and you think you're doing good, you're concealing this truth. It's sin caluto. You're covering it up. People aren't able to see this Jesus inside of you because sin is darkness. If you as a Christian do not real, reveal to others how much God loves them, you're concealing truth. You're not to curse the darkness, you're to turn on the light. Don't tell them about their sin, they already know they're sinning. Tell them about the light of God and how much he loves them. Come on, church. Tell them how much he cares about them. Because I've heard him say it to me. I don't even think God wants anything to do with me. If he knew anything that I'm really like, 
yeah, God loves you. He doesn't love what you do, but he does love you. He died for you. Come on, God died for me, yes, and he rose from the dead for you. And if you're not revealing that to others, I have to ask you, and you have to ask yourself, why? Why aren't you telling others? Why are you becoming so comfortable coming to church and thinking, thinking, man, at least I'm in church every week, but you don't bring anyone with you? You're not inviting others to come to church. You're not talking to others. Church, you get them here, and I'll disciple them as a pastor. I'll teach them these same truths. But I'm, I'm telling you, not asking you, you need to bring someone else with you every week after every week so that they can hear these same truths because we're filling you up with gospel truth, and you're walking out all great, man, now I learned another thing. But it doesn't go any further than that. And you just told me a few minutes ago, you each know someone that needs Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, why haven't you brought them here? Well, because I'm ashamed what they're going to do. I'm not ashamed. That's the way you were when you first came. We had to quiet you down. We had to escort you out and say, come back when you're sober. But someone... Like, I remember people witnessed to me. They told me God loved me. Every time they saw me, they said, God loves you, Mike. I couldn't get rid of it. And then when I came here, Pastor Foreman would say to me, Mike, do you know how much I love you? Your name is now Mike Garcia Foreman. You're my son. It's the same thing that Jesus told me. You're my son. Come on, church. Do, do you know... You know what that does to you when you keep hearing that? When you keep hearing that? Do you know how much I love you? It was Andre Crouch who said in a song, just tell them that I love them. Even if they don't believe you, even if they don't receive you, just tell them that I love them. I didn't ask you to clean them up. God didn't ask you to get them saved. That's his job. Your job is to just tell them God loves you. Not to explain why they have all the problems they do. Not to tell them, you're going to go to hell because you're doing this and doing that. They don't even know where it says that in the Bible. Can you just tell them by your life and your attitudes that God loves them? When you and that person get laid off on the same day, they watch you, the Christian. Do you slam your desk? Do you tear up your papers? Do you burn rubber out of the parking lot? Do you curse out your boss? And they go, whoa, I thought that person was a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Or do you walk out and they go, what are you so happy about? Well, when God closes a door, he opens another. I got a better job waiting for me. You see, does your life, does it display joy or does it display defeat? Does your life display God's goodness and blessing or does it display a God that has forsaken his children? Galatians 4.19, it says, My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's why you're still here. That's why he didn't take you home immediately when you got saved. He wants Jesus Christ to be formed inside of you. He wants the devil to look at you and go, was that Jesus? 
Or is that Conrad? The Lord Jesus is the word of God made flesh. Thus, the only way to have the dominion of his life outflow through you is by receiving him into your life through the word of God. When the word gets into your heart, Christ is formed in your heart through the word, and you become the express image of his person. The word is God's thoughts passed into your spirit, thereby making you become what it says. It produces in your life what it talks about. No word, no transformation. Well, I'm saved, and all you really got to do is just listen to a sermon. I don't have to read the Word of God. No word, no spiritual transformation. None. You will stay the same. Christ calls men and women to live in a vital, life-dependent relationship with Him. The call of Christ on your life is not an invitation to embrace a new fad or philosophy. Being a follower of Christ requires that the believer be in communication with Him. That's prayer. It is not enough to admire, to respect, or to esteem the things Jesus represents. You must love him. And this you cannot do without the Holy Spirit who sheds the love of God abroad in your hearts. How is it, and this is not a, a patting on my back because I don't want that. I don't need that. How is it that week after week, all these years, I can write another sermon and come and share with you this truth and sometimes be more excited about it than you even are? How come I don't get, oh man, another sermon. How come I don't get bored doing this? One reason is because Pastor Foreman said to me, don't ever lose your passion. You get up there and you give them some truth from God's word because that's what God wants you to do. But I expect for you to take this truth that is put inside of you and let it flow into others. I really want you to bring someone to church with you. That's why we had the campaign, BFF. I want you, every single one of you, to bring someone to church with you. I don't care if he's a big old drunkard and he, he burps the whole night. At least he's in church because God can get a hold of that guy too like God got a hold of you. You see, church, I'm not going to let you get away with it. We're going, ah, you know what, bro, I'm cool. I'm good. I know I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. It really doesn't matter to me if I take anybody with me as long as I get there. Really? That's your thoughts. That's not his thoughts. He didn't die on the cross just for one person to get saved. He saved you so that you would go after others. That's why he did that. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. There it is up there. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This salvation and joy you're not going to lose it but it can dry up oh you'll still get into heaven but doesn't the bible say yet some of you will be saved 
yet so as by fire. Because those who have lived for Jesus, every one of you, everything you did as a Christian, not before you were saved, but when you got saved, you will cast it at the feet of Jesus. Some of you, it's going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. Others, it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. Hebrews chapter 12 says, our God is a consuming fire. And fire, the Bible tells us, will emanate. It will come from him through whatever you cast at his feet, and the fire will burn it up. When fire hits gold, silver, and precious stones, it purifies them and makes them brighter. When God's fire hits wood, hay, or, or trash, it just leaves ashes. But whatever is left, every single one of you will pick it up and say, this, Lord, is what I did for you, and this is what I present to you and you will bow your heads. There will be those that are with you on that day who will receive crowns because of their faithfulness. And if your name is not called up, you're in heaven, you just won't get a crown. And those that have received crowns will throw them at the feet of Jesus and say, you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy to receive all the glory. If you have no crown to give to him, then that will be it. You didn't think it necessary. My time is up. I wanted to give an altar call, but I'm going to dismiss you. And I want you to think about what you heard tonight. Good night. God bless you.